Welcome to the SPO Great Music Podcast, brought to you by the Scarborough Philharmonic Orchestra, entertaining and serving our community and the greater Toronto area for more than four decades. Now our host, Dr. Daniel Metazada. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the SPO Great Music Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Metazada. The Huron Carol was the first Christmas song composed in Canada, written using the language of the Huron-Wendat people in 1642. Progressing through the centuries to present-day music, this episode will look at Canada's cultural history through the lens of holiday music, including musical traditions and music from Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, and the unique Santa Claus songs from the Maritimes. Featuring interviews with SBO conductor and composer Ronald Royer, Toronto Choral Society conductor Jeffrey Butler, Toronto-based singer-songwriter Jacqueline and folk artist, translator, farmer, and pilot, Anastasia Fick. And now we'll hear from Ron Royer on Canadian popular holiday music from the past, focusing on music from Ontario, Quebec, and the Maritimes. This episode section will focus on Canadian Christmas carols from the past, many of which had their roots in Europe and evolved in different ways to be considered a Canadian carol. As well, new original carols have been composed in Canada, especially over the last 100 years. Five carols will be discussed, the Huron Carol, Fenye de Vin Messi, and La Guignole, the Cherry Tree Carol, and Testing the Cows. Together, they give a snapshot of Canadian carol history. After I give some background on each of these songs, my friend Jeff Butler will sing a verse for us. He will accompany himself on the piano. He will also be interviewed later in the podcast. Jeff is such a talented musician. The Huron Carol is considered to be the first Canadian Christmas carol, probably first sung in 1641 or 1642, and is written by Jean de Brebeuf, a Jesuit missionary at Sainte-Marie among the Hurons in Ontario. The melody is based on a French folk song translated as A Young Maiden. Brebeuf wrote the lyrics in the native language of the Huron-Wendat people, The lyrics of this carol were written to combine the birth of Jesus with characteristics of the indigenous culture. As such, the baby Jesus was wrapped in rabbit skin rather than in cloth and slept in a lodge of broken bark rather than a manger. Hunters were used instead of shepherds and three First Nations chiefs replaced the wise men. Finally, instead of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the three chiefs offered fur pelts to the holy child. Today, this carol is commonly heard with English lyrics written by Jesse Edgar Middleton in 1926, or with older French lyrics. Jeff will sing the first verse using the English lyrics. Twas in the moon of winter time when all the birds had fled, that mighty Gitche Manitou sent angel choirs instead, before the the stars grew dim, and wandering hunters heard the hymn. Jesus, your King is born. Jesus is born in a chance. Several of the carols from this collection are still sung during the Christmas season. They are centuries old, going back to France, 
originally handed down orally from generation to generation. Over the centuries, words and pronunciation change, giving the carols a different meaning and sound. One of these songs is called Venye Devin Messi, Come Divine Messiah. It can be traced back to the 1500s and originally had a different name, Let Your Animals Graze, and different lyrics. Simon Joseph Pellegrin extensively rewrote the words for his 1701 publication, Noël Nouveau, and this carol became very popular in Quebec. The 1701 text makes clear mention of judgment, heaven, and hell. After the Second Vatican Council in the 1960s, the words were changed once again to have a more progressive message. All mention of judgment, heaven, and hell were taken out. We will now hear Jeff sing the first verse. La Guignolet is a French medieval tradition that traveled to New France, Canada with the first French settlers. It is possible this tradition can be traced back even further, even all the way back to the Druids. It became popular in Quebec, parts of the Maritimes, and a few French-Canadian communities in the United States, with different customs surrounding them. Occurring on either Christmas Eve or more commonly on New Year's Eve, participants went door-to-door -door collecting clothing and food for the poor. Sometimes the participants were given food and drink and dressed in costume. La Guignolet is also a song. In Chanson Populaire du Canada, published in Quebec City in 1865, Ernest Guignol gave three versions of the song found in the province of Quebec. The version you will now hear is the most common today. In the lyrics, which are meant to be humorous and may could be taken different ways, a group goes house to house to ask for donations for the poor. The backside of the pig is offered as a gift option and was considered a prize. If not available, the group would ask to take the eldest daughter. The lyrics continue. Now we greet you and beg you to forgive us, please. If we've acted a little crazy, we meant it in good fun. According to Marius Barbeau, the great 20th century collector of French folk songs, La Guignolet Participants could be a rowdy group that would have an old buggy to contain the gifts and would be followed by all the dogs in the neighborhood. I've read that in Montreal in the mid-1800s, the city passed laws to try to keep the situation under control. Jeff will now sing appropriately without a piano accompaniment. Bonjour le maître et la maîtresse et tout le monde la maison. Bonjour le maître et la maîtresse et tout le monde de la maison. Pour le dernier jour de l'année, la ignolée vous nous rêvez. 
Le dernier jour de l'année, là, il n'y a vous nous devez. Si vous voulez rien nous donner, dites-nous les. On est menée seulement la fille affnée. Si vous voulez rien nous donner, dites-nous les. On est menée seulement la fille affnée. On lui fera faire bonne chair. On lui fera chauffer les pieds. On lui fera faire bonne chair. On lui fera chauffer les pieds. The Cherry Tree Carol is an old traditional English carol from the early 15th century. There are several different versions of this carol, including one with a new melody and lyrics from Canada. William Riley was recorded singing the Cherry Tree Carol at his home in appropriately Cherry Brook, Nova Scotia. He had received a visit from Helen Creton, that valuable collector and documenter of maritime history and music. His grandfather had been a slave and Mr. Riley was 86 years old at the time of the recording. He was blind and deaf, but his singing was moving. The lyrics tell a lovely story of a hungry Virgin Mary being fed cherries by a magical talking tree while traveling with Joseph to Bethlehem for the census. I really like the Canadian version of the Cherry Tree Carol. Jeff will now sing two verses. Oh, Joseph took Mary upon his right knee, saying, Mary, won't you tell me when the birthday shall be? Saying, Mary, won't you tell me when the birthday shall be? Let's hear from Helen Creton again. You may mention almost any subject and we in the Maritime Province can provide a song about it. What a lovely thought. On Nova Scotia's southwestern shore, there originated what is called Santa Claw, as in lobster claw songs. Before a causeway was built, Cape Sable Island could only be reached by boat. The crossing was often rough, which meant the people living on the island were fairly isolated. They had to create their own entertainment. About 1917, Norman Cunningham, who had a talent for creating lyrics, decided to create a song about the much disputed visit of the government's inspector of cattle. Many of the locals objected to having their cows tested for tuberculosis, and for a time, feelings on this subject were strong. When Christmas came, a group of singers went house to house to sing Norman's new song, Testing the Cows. A tradition developed where the singers dressed in old clothes or wore disguises and looked for treats, similar to Halloween activities. In future years, the Christmas song and its subject were kept secret and was enthusiastically anticipated. Because this happened at the time of Santa Claus, it became locally known as Santa Claus songs. While not your usual lyrics for a holiday song, Testing the Cows does has a catchy tune. They're coming to test your cows, boys. They're coming to test the stock. 
They started in testing at Northeast Point, and they'll finish on the Hawk. They're coming to test your cows, boys, and if you're a cow to like, or isn't too bony to make good baloney, she'll surely go to the tank. Finally, here is a little more information on Canadian holiday music. The first original Canadian carol to be published was probably J.P. Clark's A Canadian Christmas Carol back in 1853 for the Anglo-Canadian Magazine in Toronto. I've heard a recording of it by the Elmer Eisler Singers and it is quite a nice carol. In more recent times, Canadians continue to enjoy novelty Christmas songs. You can check YouTube to hear Johnny Bauer sing Honky the Christmas Goose written by Chip Young and Orville Hoover. A little more famous is the Irish Rovers version of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Also on YouTube, you can hear most of the songs described in this podcast and a variety of other wonderful Canadian holiday music. Enjoy. I have with us Anastasia Fick, who's a fourth generation Ukrainian Canadian her family moved from Tarnopil Oblast in Ukraine and settled on the homeland of the Anishinaabe and Dakota peoples in Treaty 2 territory in 1904 and resides on the same land to this day. Anastasia is a folk artist, translator, farmer, and pilot whose practice is a melding of these areas. To her, embracing her roots is deeply meaningful. Maintaining the connection with contemporary Ukrainian culture is what keeps those roots alive and able to nurture the development of her life's purpose. Welcome, Anastasia. So, could you give us a short overview of the history of Canadians with Ukrainian heritage? Sure. So, uh, the first wave of immigrants came from uh, Ukraine in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, they were asked by the Canadian government to come and settle farmland here in Canada, Um our family specifically moved to um, the homeland of the Anishinaabe and Dakota people on what is now Treaty 2 territory in um, southwestern Manitoba. Um, so, yeah, Ukrainians came and settled the land. Um, when, when they did come, there were basically entire villages that moved from um, Ukraine to Canada um, because of the opportunity there. And I mean, a lot of people were kind of living in serfdom at the time. So, I mean, this, this was such a new hope for, for Ukrainians. So, which leads to the, such big communities coming over leads to the preservation of the diaspora community. So for example, my Baba, my grandmother, who is second generation Ukrainian, Ukrainian Canadian, um, she still speaks um, Ukrainian fluently with all of her friends. Um, like they, they'll primarily speak Ukrainian amongst each other rather than, than English because that's the way they grew up. And could you tell us about traditional Ukrainian winter and holiday musical traditions here in Canada? Yeah, uh, so Ukrainian traditions um, primarily consist of Koleda and Shudrivke. So um, their traditional um, pre-Christian songs that people would have sang, um, 
um, during the winter months, especially coming up to the winter equinox. At the time, the it was the darkest night of the year and was the turn of when the sun would be reborn, which then translated to Christian um, Christianity when, when the sun was born. Um, so we would sing... Um, we would go to um, different people's houses. Um, the rule was to um, knock on the window or the door to ask, get permission to sing kolyada. And in singing kolyada, um, you would be basically um, getting, uh, granting, you know, asking um, the higher being, God, to... Um, grants the host good wishes so that he may be healthy and rich and all of the good things for this coming um, year. Um, and it would be coming through the song. And then at the end of the Kulada, um, it would end with a vinchuvanya. So it would be basically a spe- the one of the people speaking, um, wishing the host, the um, you know, all of the good things. And it would be very poetic. So and and at the end the the host would would pay the would pay the people in food primarily as as a thank you. And do you use any specific instruments during caroling? So traditionally when we go caroling we don't have any instruments except for a bell. Um this bell would have been used to I guess um cleanse the space that we would be caroling in. Um, so that you know, no, no bad spirits, no, 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 nothing of ill will would come um, as we were caroling, and, and keep every keep the wishes the best possible for the people that we were singing for. And what are some present-day Canadian Ukrainian holiday musical traditions that uh, you yourself and your family practice? Yeah, we we it's the same thing we do. Um, we still practice kolada. We we go caroling, shdrivke. Um, we in our area, um, it's kind of really starting to die out, honestly. Um, which is it's it's sad. Um, a lot of people of my generation don't speak Ukrainian in the area anymore. I'm the only person I know that still speaks it. Um, but uh, my my family tradition has always been to go caroling uh, at Christmas time, Ukrainian Christmas time, which is on January seventh. Uh, we would go caroling for three days or so. Um, all the money would go to the church, uh, and we, yeah, it would be just really fun. We'd go to all the neighbors' houses. Everybody would expect us. Everybody would have food ready for us at the table, and definitely things to drink. Um, we would come into the house, we would carol for them. My Baba, the oldest member, well, I don't know if it has to be the oldest member, but my Baba would always do the Vinchuvanya, the, the good wish at the end, um, for the host. And it was just a really happy time. Everybody was always visiting each other's houses. Usually everybody had family over and Yeah. So another important aspect of caroling are the star and the bell. Um, whenever we do go caroling, we hold the we always have a star with us to guide us um, to each house. And whenever 
people see a, a big star, they know that the Kolidnakir, the carolers, are coming. I would also note that um, there's a couple, like, for example, Carol of the Bells is a very uh, famous song, obviously, but it was originally um, a Ukrainian um, carol. It was a Ukrainian shidrivka. Uh, um, it was originally written for the new year, which commenced in spring at that time, but and then has transformed to a New Year's um, and Christmas song, which is just an interesting point. Well, thanks so much, Anastasia. It's been absolutely wonderful learning about Ukrainian-Canadian holiday traditions. For our listeners, if you'd like to follow Anastasia's Instagram account, her username is pilot underscore dot underscore projects. Handel's Messiah is one of the most frequently performed pieces during the Christmas season across Canada, going back to as early as the late 18th and early 19th century in Quebec. I have with us Jeffrey Butler from the Toronto Choral Society, of which he's been artistic director since 1994. Initially, having had a successful international career as a tenor, it was inevitable that Jeffrey's lifelong passion for all forms of music would eventually lead him to the podium, where he's been conducting some of the greatest and most challenging works of the choral and opera repertoires. Hi, Jeff. Great having you on the show. Yeah, super to be with you. You've conducted many works. Can you give us an overview of present-day classical music that's popular during the holiday season? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, number one on the list uh, in these parts anyway is Handel's Messiah. Um, they put out a list of how many performances are, are going on in the city. And there, there's, there's dozens literally um, at Christmas time, which is, you know, fascinating because uh, the work was originally intended as an Easter piece. So really it's section one, part one, that deals with Christmas. Section two, part two deals with uh, the, the crucifixion, the death, the passion. And section three, part of the third is the resurrection. So originally for Easter, um, it seems to have landed at Christmas time, I think just because it's such delightful music and it's become really a part of people's celebration of the season. Uh, the other the other great um, piece, which is not choral, um, that is part of the celebration of the season is Nutcracker. So again, the National Ballet, um, it's a mainstay of their season. I, I don't know how many performances they do, but I expect they pay for the rest of their season with the tickets they sell for this thing. And I've seen it multiple times, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. And again, part of the celebration of the season. Uh, for me, um, my favorite uh, Christmas piece would be the Bach Christmas Oratorio, which is not an oratorio, actually. It's a, it's a combination of six sacred cantatas uh, referring to Advent and Christmas. And um, for me, that's just that is my absolute favorite thing to listen to and my favorite Christmas music to conduct. And what are some of the carols and holiday songs that are being performed today? Oh, a multitude of carols. Um, we've got such a rich tapestry of uh, cultures here that, uh, you know, we can draw. I'm thinking of the great Ukrainian carol, the carol of the bells. Um, so many great Germanic carols, the Austrian silent night, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, the English repertoire, of course, um, you know, we've got the two great versions of Away in a, in a Manger. At a concert last year, I, I performed them both, and I actually 
I questioned the audience as to which one they preferred. And uh, they had a fairly strong, strong preference um, for the one that I didn't think they would prefer. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, my favorite carols, probably Oh Holy Night. Um, perhaps uh, Gustav Holst in the Bleak Midwinter, just such a beautiful melody. Um, another one I love more for the words than for the, um, than for the music is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It's just a, a lovely story of someone maybe despairing a little bit at Christmas time and then, and then hearing the bells peal more loud and deep. Um, and bringing them around. So uh, the repertoire is certainly vast and uh, very uplifting. So there's classical holiday music, there's pop and jazz and so on. What are some Canadian musicians who have recorded holiday songs across some of these genres? Well, if you're a pop singer in Canada, you probably have a Christmas album. Um, You know, the reason for that is obvious. People like to have Christmas music and listen to it. There are radio stations a one in town in particular that plays nothing but Christmas music for the entire month of December. Um, some that I like, uh, Sarah McLaughlin does a, a lovely, lovely lilting version of winter wonderland with and it. It's, it's sung very, um, very joyfully and very happily over sleigh bells, uh, which add a nice dimension. Uh, Michael Bublé's Bublé Santa Claus is coming to town. has got a, big band brass feel to it. Um, let's see. Uh, Bieber, of course, the Biebs. Uh, he does one called Mistletoe, which has got a nice reggae kind of guitar. And speaking of reggae, uh, Brian Adams, and this is a few years ago now because there's a video of it, which features a dance party that includes Pee Wee Herman of all people. Um, he did a song called reggae Christmas, which is kind of fun because it's got the reggae beat and, uh, and then there's one more that I really quite like, and it's the Bare Naked Ladies. And they do a version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen together with We Three Kings, and they're joined on this, again, by Sarah McLaughlin. Um, and it's got a lovely rhythmic guitar and really nice, tight harmonies. It actually reminds me a little bit of a Peter, Paul, and Mary arrangement, which uh, I'm very fond of their music, so I, I really enjoy that one. For the last few years, uh, you and the Toronto Choral Society have been presenting holiday concerts at the Kerner Hall here in Toronto. What are some of your favorite projects to date? Oh, you know, they're like my children. I love them all. Um, but I can tell you what we have done. The very first time, we, we've been there, I guess, successfully three times and sold out the hall, which has been great for us. Uh, first year, we did the Bach Christmas Oratorio. Um, I do a condensed version of it because it's very, very long and I can squeeze a good 90 minutes out of it. That's, that's really the greatest hits. Um, then the following year, we did a wonderful um, South American piece, the Argentine composer, Ariela Ramirez. And uh, his Christmas piece is called Navidad Nuestra, or Our Christmas. But he's more famous probably for the Misa Criolla, uh, which is a wonderful uh, mass. And to do this, we use a, a band. Um, Casaba is one of their names, but Rodrigo Chavez is the leader of the band. And um, they're, they're very authentic. They use the real South American instruments, the, the cana flute, pan pipes, churango, um, and a wonderful, wonderful um, soloist, Ernesto, who sings the tenor part. And we, do a, we did a really authentic version of, of that music. Uh, and then the following year, 
was Messiah, Messiah and carols. So again, a condensed version of the Christmas part of Messiah. Um, I think I would have added Hallelujah Chorus and Worthy is the Lamb. And then um, carols. So things for the audience to sing and things to just enjoy. It was a very uplifting, joyous concert. Um, one thing we did perform on that was a, an arrangement done specially for our, our chamber orchestra by Ron Royer of his Fantasia on Canadian Christmas carols. And it was a big hit, both with the choir and with the audience. Do you have a, a holiday message for our listeners at home? There is. And, um, you know, we're in, we're in trouble. We're having a very difficult year. Uh, Christmas is not going to look like it has in the past, but I'd like to to bring to mind the wonderful Christmas carol, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. This is from this is from Meet Me in St. Louis, and people don't know, by and large, the original words, because at one point, the popular words go, hang a shining star upon the highest bough. And that's not what this carol is. This carol is about separation. And when it says, have a merry little Christmas, that is literally what it means. You're going to have a small Christmas this year. And next year, all our troubles will be far away. But the line that, that has become hang a shining star is, until then... We'll have to muddle through somehow. And I think that's where we find ourselves. So have yourself a merry little Christmas. Thanks so much for sharing, Jeff. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. For our listeners, please do check out torontochoralsociety.org and keep in touch. You're listening to SBO Great Music. Feel free to reach out to us at music at gmail.com. Canadian singer-songwriter, actor, and entrepreneur, Jacqueline is best known for her jazz vocals and music that is a mix of classic and elemental sounds of jazz, blue-eyed soul, and pop, which offers a dynamic and refreshing contemporary twist. A versatile artist and actor, Jacqueline's most recent Kickstarter campaign includes her brand new album, Dovetailing. Hi Jacqueline, great having you on the show. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. So far, the SBO has been focusing on Canadian holiday music from the past. As a songwriter yourself, can you share some of your favorite new Canadian holiday music and why you enjoy performing or listening to them? Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite um, Canadian artists is Michael Bublé, and I just absolutely enjoyed his holiday album of all of those classic contemporary songs. Um, And I just enjoyed the arrangements along with, uh, you know, Diana Krall's also done one. Um, and I've, I've drawn some inspiration for my own holiday recordings that I've done with um, the Orange Devils as well as SPO and um, the arrangements I've done with Ron and Martin. So it, it's really a wonderful thing when you get inspired by all the contemporary holiday music to then create a new version of it. Now, you mentioned that you created some new music with uh, Ron Royer. Could you talk about that project? Sure. So two years ago, um, we started arranging um, and writing new music to present at the Holiday SBO concert. Um, and I created a song called The To-Do List with uh, uh, Tony Ravalau, who's a, a Juno Award-nominated artist and uh, Ron. And it was really about 
looking at how adults make a, a Christmas list that's more about the to-do list and children make a Christmas list of the things that they want to get from Santa. And that we sometimes get wrapped up in the hustle and bustle of the season instead of remembering what it's truly, truly, truly about. And I wanted to highlight the importance of the the spiritual aspect of the holidays and who we share it with. And then we also took um, a, a public domain song. Uh, we saw Three Ships. And I rewrote the lyrics to be more Canadian and contemporary uh, so that way we could do a different rendition of the of the arrangement of We Saw Three Ships and make it more about Canadians and, and the here and now. And then we did, the following year, we did, um, <laughs> we're hearing some buses go by because I'm actually in Costa Rica right now. So you're hearing the traffic. I do apologize. But um, the second holiday concert we did together was um, another new song and then the rendition of Deck the Halls, which was a public domain song. So I've had the pleasure of, of doing my first and second time with the SPO and just any symphony orchestra in general. So it's been a really great project that we've been working on. Now you're in the process of creating a full holiday album. Are these songs that you just mentioned a part of that or is there another album coming up? So great question. Yes. So what we've done is we've taken um, the project in phases and we just got awarded last month the Ontario Arts Council for a recording project for our holiday album next year, which is really exciting to be awarded such a wonderful grant by our our province of Ontario. So we are taking and incorporating the first phase, which was the live presentation of We Saw Three Ships in the to-do list. And um, we've, we are now going to be able to record those uh, to be a part of the holiday album. And then I, following that, we did three big band arrangements with Martin Loomer and the Orange Devils. And we did Deck the Halls, Jingle Bells, and then a new song called Colors of Christmas, which I wrote with Sarah Sugarman, who's a colleague of Ron's and Martin's. and those three songs will also be on the album, but then we have uh, uh, seven other new songs, and um, most of them are original songs, actually, that we will be recording for the holiday album and presenting. Sorry, and presenting online this year with SPO and you guys. You mentioned that you perform with the orchestra. The SPO has a mandate to support new generation artists. Can you tell us about your first performance experience with the SBO back in 2018? Yes. I explain my experience as a dream-like experience because I'd never done that before. I didn't realize how challenging it was going to be. And normally I am able to prepare for my shows with several rehearsals. And this was one rehearsal. <laughs> and and uh, it's sort of like a moving train and you can't get off of it. And being more of a jazz vocalist, I'm used to um, improvising a lot and kind of winging it sometimes in certain areas, especially if you do kind of 
fall off the rails and make a mistake, the the band is able to support you and kind of improvise your way back to what you're supposed to be doing. Whereas with a symphony, there is no room for error. Everyone is going a mile of, you know, <laughs> just going on this this road. And so I found I was, if I'm honest, I was completely petrified and nervous to perform. Uh, but I, w- I was able to execute it um, professionally and, and there were no major issues at all. I just, I didn't realize that I was going to have the amount of nerves that I did and, and uh, I was quite sweaty. <laughs> so I have, uh, I have, I was humbled in that experience and I have so much profound respect for the uh, totality of the classical orchestrated industry. And um, I, I, I was much better the second time uh, at, at the at the swing of the bat there. I was a lot better the second time. So, and I, I assume my third time will be even better. <laughs> right. And that just shows the kind of versatility that you bring to the table as an artist. Well, thanks so much, Jacqueline. It was great having you on the show. For our listeners, please do visit Jacqueline's website, musicbyjacqueline.com, and look out for her new album, Dovetailing, as well as holiday songs coming out soon. This is SBO Great Music. Visit us at sbo.ca. joining us on today's episode make sure to tune in on friday december 18th for the musical offering of the sbo great music performance series on our youtube channel a complete list of performers and titles will be available on our website our executive producer and audio engineer is devin scott our producer and music director is ronald royer and our host and segment audio engineer is myself dr daniel metizade the sbo great music podcast is brought to you in part by funding and support from the toronto arts council Delta Bingo and Gaming Downs View, our SBO Board of Directors, and the SBO Donors and Volunteers. If you want to add your support, please consider a one-time or monthly donation online at canadahelps.org. Just search for Scarborough Philharmonic Orchestra. A link is also available on our homepage, sbo.ca. A special thanks to our community partners, Scarborough Arts, Fabcolab, 
Stratford Symphony Orchestra, the Canadian Music Centre, Canadian Sinfonietta, the Bradford Symphony Orchestra, and the Cathedral Bluff Symphony Orchestra. Share your feedback with us on Facebook and Twitter at SBO Great Music. Until next time.